0: Pretty into foreheads, I'm not going to
1: lie. We
0: are nerd novices. You can be a nerd novice, too. This is episode four.
1: I'm Jim.
0: Taking it down tempo is Megan. Bucket You know the... Uh, the the slang syllables for uh walking a bass line, uh, yeah. bucket of beans, do 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 do. <laughs> ham bone, do do. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I never heard that one. Yeah, it's pretty good. I huh? always uh, the bucket of fish and the pea soup P-s-p-s-p-s. when you do like P-s-p-s-p-s the hi hat thing. Yeah, because yeah. p-s-p-s. um, I actually don't know what that's officially called when you do that little swizzle thing with the hi hat. I just say it's pea soup to my students. Yeah. Anyway, um, hi. Hi, how are you? E- episode four. <sighs> Speaking of music.
0: Speaking of music, we have some something's follow-up. been haunting us. Yes. First of all, I'd like to publicly apologize once again. For my wildly out of control vibrato, if I do sing <laughs> on the show for again,
1: I got this way.
0: <laughs> if I ever sing on the show again, I promise I will do my best to sing with a straight tone, until or unless I take some voice lessons.
1: Well, I think the vibrato was just like your characteristic, though you shouldn't throw it away. It's sort of one like of the mass.
0: well, it's it's kind of like, um, Aaron Neville in a way.
1: I don't know. But
0: he does that with his mic. Have you ever seen him sing? Oh, the, And when yeah, he does the yeah, vibrato, yeah, he yeah, just... Yeah, that's fake. No. Yeah.
1: That's not yeah. real. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, I have... Um, <clears throat> yeah, speaking I'm of I'm fired about- up today.
1: Well, we have to talk about... Wait, well, wait. You can't... Okay. Hold on.
0: We can't just ignore the music.
1: Yeah, we can't. Because there's a thing that's been haunting us over the past week, especially you. I think you're losing sleep over it. I'm not entirely sure.
0: I am losing sleep Um, over
1: it. But when I said that um, Spike was the best ever, I sang a melody that was quite odd. And I think it sort of says something about my psyche because it was very dark and, and twisted sounding. And you... Nerd Jim analyzed the melody, and I don't blame you because you know what—I would have done the same thing if it was you singing it. Can I? Can I play it? Talk about for the it, listeners. And, and play it. Yes.
0: Okay. Okay. <laughs> so it's E flat, G, B flat, A, F, D. Right. Which, if you if you analyze this and try to link it to specific scale tones, or even better, specific chord tones. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you find is, is two things. Uh, it fits the scale of G natural minor, but even better, it fits E flat Lydian. Which is so weird. Which is a weird scale. Let me play this for you. Now, we, all, we have all heard the major scale a million times, right. but this has what's referred to in music theory as a sharp four. Odd. I mean, the Lydian scale is right. used a lot in mm-hmm, music, mm-hmm, but it has, when, when you kind of, uh, single it out, it definitely does have a, an unusual character.
1: Right, just playing it from, from the, you know, doe to do, it sounds kind of weird, but, um, right. yeah, it definitely, I'm a fan of weird, and, uh. I think whenever I like sing stuff off the top of my head, all musical knowledge goes out my brain, and I just end up singing tones that have nothing to do with each other. But then it turns out cool. Maybe I should just make a career out of that.
0: Based on the singing, the little sing-song things that I've heard you do on the show here, you would probably be great writing horn charts in 1970s disco.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So first
0: of all, we need a time machine.
1: (laughs) Yes we should consult Doc Brown. Yeah. Um no, that that would be sweet. I yeah. would I would like to do that. They do a lot Make of sharp fours and stuff.
0: Maybe we can uh summon the doctor here in the TARDIS. Oh. And see? he can take you back.
1: See, look at our time differences. You're Dr. Who and I'm back to the future. This is crazy. We're yeah. like just totally
0: This is why we have to have hosts, this show. Man. Yeah. Yeah,
1: because I watched Doctor Who before, but I'm I'm a huge Back to the Future fan. It's like my favorite.
0: It favorite. really is a wonderful film. I love that movie. Yeah.
1: Anyway, okay. So speaking of nerdly things that aren't Lydian modes and E flat sharp, whatever. Um, let's talk about Buffy and Star Trek again, because we're on to season four. Yes. I mean, we're we're watching season three. We're moving on to season four.
0: That's right. Next week,
1: but. So, what did you think? What do we any opener that you want to project here?
0: The opening salvo. Mm-hmm. I I had some discomfort. Uh-oh. You don't I want had to get some, anymore? No. I love it. Oh, okay. But here's what's happening. I'm feeling more protective of the primary characters. Uh-huh. And so when new characters mm-hmm. come along that kind of threaten their status quo, right? It makes me feel uncomfortable. you don't like faith. I did not like faith.: Yeah,
1: tell me about it. When I first saw her, I was like, "Ugh, what a you know what little snot face butthead." yeah, I didn't like her at all. Um, in fact, I mean, I don't think I like her anymore anyway, like even though throughout the series she changes a lot, but towards the end, I
0: like her, but so tell me more. Right, so
1: were you flicking was, her off?
0: Mentally, for sure. Yeah. Uh, refresh my memory as the the name of the first episode I watched. Faith,
1: faith, the, hope, and trick.
0: Faith, hope, and trick. Okay. Mm-hmm. Faith shows up on the scene, and <clears throat> she comes across as being a very uncouth person, mm-hmm. which immediately set me off, and said made me think she's this is not sustainable right i didn't think Mm -hmm. the the tension that was created between her and buffy seemed a little bit forced to me right because the character was written as so like yeah i get hungry and horny when i do my slaying yeah
1: yeah sex and tight leather pants and fighting things and beating things up and I have no parental figures and
0: yeah. Right. That's basically what she does. Yeah, yeah. That kind of put me on the wrong foot with her. Right. And then what happens is in the episode Bad Girls, she she starts to really become a bad influence mm-hmm. on Buffy.
1: I know, poor little And I'm thinking don't Buffy
0: mess with my buff (laughs) the buffsters good i know and she's making her she's influencing her to do bad things i know and uh, they do a very bad thing which is faith accidentally kills a human but Mm -hmm. as i mean that doesn't happen until towards the end of the episode but all through that episode Faith, you can see Buffy kind of getting into this Faith-type mindset and really not fighting back in terms of sticking up for for what's right. Mm -hmm. So they they break into, I guess it's a sports supply store or whatever, Mm -hmm. and steal weapons, and Buffy's trying to take a test, and Faith shows up out of the window, and then Buffy just... Leaves, leaves, and I'm thinking, she's going. <laughs> this to is ridiculous. Crowd. But I'm thinking, like Buffy, just two episodes ago, you were in the the principal's office with Principal Snyder, and he's telling you, basically, yeah, I have to let you back in, but don't screw up. And I'm I'm just going like, come on, Buffy, you got to take your test. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell Faye academics to shove are it. important. Academics are important.
1: What if one day, like, you can get a real job instead of slaying? You know, you never know.
0: Yeah. So, so that bugged me and well, this is okay. This is kind of a a side tangent, but I like, and we kind of talked about this before a little bit in my TV, movies, books, whatever. I pretty much like my good guys to be good guys Mm -hmm. or good, you know, Mm -hmm. guys generically. Apologies. Yes, I got
1: you. Um, Non-gender specific.
0: Yes, thank you. And And I'm not really into the anti... Well, Buffy is in a way an anti-hero, but I don't like my heroes to be morally ambiguous. Right. I've never really cared for that. I don't care for that in comics mm-hmm. either. In fact, one of the reasons why... I really soured from watching the new Battlestar Galactica mm-hmm. was because I didn't like the things that the, the protagonists started doing, Right. But that's a conversation for, for another day. So I, I started to think I got worried about Buffy thinking, she just cannot continue mm-hmm. because she's going down this path, this path with, with faith that was really off-putting to me. And so, it, in a way, it was actually a relief in the follow-up episode, Consequences, where Buffy comes around and really realizes what, what they've been doing, the path Faith is going down, mm-hmm. and even the path that she was going down with Faith is not right, and she tries to help, repeatedly tries to help, Save Faith from herself.
1: Right. Yeah. um, Well, here's the thing, Jim. Buffy's a person, right? And she didn't choose this life, you know, and and she was sort of forced into this existence. And um, I don't think she ever really got the chance to be a normal teenager. And um, this is kind of her way of doing that. But it's not her last time doing it. So get used to it. You just have to get used to the fact that you know Buffy, as the series progresses, sort of uh gains more knowledge and and experience and therefore accepts her destiny more more and more as the series progresses, but that kind of creates sidebars where um like you know she might regret it a little bit and then act poorly or um she might make personal life choices that don't affect that. I mean they do affect her slang but they're not directly related to her slang but she might make stupid choices in her life but it's kind of like her only way her only output of her only outlet of being able to make those choices you know because she has to be so serious in her job and take it seriously that there's no room for error so in her personal life she kind of decides to make some dumb choices later in the series too but I don't know expand your mind a little bit Buffy's a young woman. In the mistakes end, will be made, yeah. I guess, and and she also takes she also makes some amazing choices too, like morally, just you know, uh, superior kinds of choices where she just mm-hmm. you're you admire her strength and will. So it's kind of a little bit of everything, right?
0: No, I I, I get what what you're saying, and and my my whole thing was that I don't mind seeing a hero be faced with dark choices and even sometimes making them
1: mm-hmm.
0: but it just made me feel uncomfortable in in uh, that episode in particular to to see her going down that path but then i was relieved that she pulled out of it yeah she just um and that uh, ultimately i'm sure that has a payoff it where does. That's what I was going. The next she thing she grows say, and learns. She from. does,
1: and that's that's exactly what I was going to say next. Is that it was necessary, and um, it, I mean, if not for just the fact that she realized that she doesn't want to be that way, but also a little bit of that attitude is not so bad when you're a Slayer. You know, you got to be uh, like um, there's one episode. Oh, gosh, and I can't think of the title of it right now, but um, Spike sort of uh, talks to Buffy because B- Spike has killed a few slayers in his life. And um he's he's basically one of the vamp- the only vampire who has killed more than one slayer. And um so he could sort of she asks him for uh kind of like the background of that to help educate her a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um it's a long story but Spike has a developing arc and um you'll find out more about it in the next season but um she basically asks him like why were you able to kill all these slayers so he talks about the background of each slayer that he killed and um they all had sort of the same outlook that faith did maybe not so much as maybe not so overt as faith but they all were kind of like very gung ho not so careful with their decisions um and that inevitably cost them their life so buffy is able to sort of learn from these past slayers and from faith and from all of these experiences to sort of, uh, in, you know, define the way that she becomes a slayer. And now she's a different slayer than everybody else, you know? So she's almost like the superior slayer and because she learns from all of these like past choices that other slayers have made. Right. Um, and that actually kind of goes into, um, the episodes that you're going to be watching next time. She kind of, uh, dives into the history of the slayer and, and, uh, learns more about like the first slayer and why slayers are the way they are and how can she be a better one. You remember um the one uh episode that you watched where uh the career fair was happening, you yeah. know, the um and she's being tracked by the assassins and everything and she was sort of like debating like I can't really pick a career because <laughs> this is my career and when it's done I die, you know. Right, so yeah. Like she's trying to figure out how does this work, and so um, she's basically with faith and with with the past slayers that she uh, learns about. It's almost like she's learning how to maybe have a career as a slayer and then stop being a slayer and not die somehow. She's trying to figure that out. I think, like, how do I how do I retire without dying? Mm-hmm. You know, so learning about how other slayers work and experiencing faith and all that stuff kind of helps her in that path.
0: Have you ever seen Highlander?
1: No. And actually, um, funny, you should mention that my friend said that she really wants us to review that.
0: Yeah, we should definitely do Highlander. Mm -hmm. Uh, There, there are a number of parallels that I can kind of see with this where like you just, when you were talking about, she, she's kind of learning how to be the best how to be the best slayer. Right. Highlander is very similar in the sense that that show is all about one of many immortals, but he's kind of the best one.
1: Right. And that's the thing. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is And
0: he wants to get he wants to he wants to no longer be in what they call the game. Right. Without having to win it.
1: Right. Yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. The same thing. She I mean and now that there's faith too, like I can't remember if this was in the episodes you watched, but Buffy has a moment where she goes, Wait a minute, maybe I can just stop and faith can take over. There's two slayers. Why do I have to be fully responsible? Maybe I can just let faith take over and mm-hmm. now I can lead a normal life.
0: Now how did how did Kendra die?
1: Um she I think it was uh Drusilla or Spike killed her.
0: Okay, so they yeah. they came back at some point.
1: Um. Yeah, they are throughout the whole series. Yeah, yeah. They're never going to leave.
0: <laughs> get used to it. Her is the meth addict girlfriend. <laughs> she's still hooked on meth.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. She gains strength. That's what you get right.
0: for biting a hobo. Yeah. <laughs> you become a meth vampire. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I should write some fanfic about that. <laughs> yeah. A re- rewrite canon of of the Buffy verse.
1: Um. Yeah. No. I I understand. Like. E- how you uh how you feel though about the buffy struggles you know mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but i'm surprised do you have keep talking though do you have more questions about cuz there's something else that i was thinking you were I, I do i
0: i i have some some follow up questions at least in terms of there there are lines that reference events in the series that i didn't see the episodes mm-hmm. for uh, the first of which would be Tell me how Buffy. How does Buffy get kicked out of school? Because in Faith, Hope, and Trick, she's getting reinstated. Right into school. So how did she get kicked out in the first place?
1: Um. Oh my God.
0: If you don't know, that's okay. I forget. Okay.
1: She does something.
0: Well, here's another one. Maybe, maybe you know. How does? How does her mother find out that she's oh, a Slayer?
1: She has to tell her. Um. Because uh, Angel comes over when he's like evil and Buffy's mom doesn't know that he's evil and lets him in mm-hmm. and um, she kind of like she is forced to decide she has to leave the house in the middle of the night for an um, epic fight you know and her mom's like get back here you're not allowed to leave because she's sensing that she's going down the path that she went when they lived in their right. old town. You're gonna go do drugs yeah. and drink! she thinks she's going out to, like, party. And so Buffy's like, I have to go. And then um, she tells her mom, like, I'm a vampire slayer, like, this is why all this stuff has been happening. And her mom's like, what? What are you talking about? And she's like, I'm serious, this is not a joke. And her mom goes, if you leave now, um, don't ever come back. And so she basically kicks her out of the house. And so Buffy leaves, because that's her duty yeah, to leave. She's so gotta do it. Um, she leaves, and then does her does her thing and um you know kills angel and everything which i want to talk more about too you Mm -hmm. probably want to know about that um and then in the first episode of uh the season season three um it's called Anne. she's basically living in los angeles hiding out as a different person and um serving at a diner and you know like basically trying to hide out and uh eventually comes back to Sunnydale, but, and her mom lets her back and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, her mom finds out because Buffy has to tell her because she's kind of forced to tell her Mm -hmm. in a, um, she, she proves it somehow. Um, yeah. Um, and she, you know, her mom, her mom believes her because her mom's been seeing all this stuff happen, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's actually really fun. I love when her mom finds out, um, the, the episode dead man's party. Um, I think it's episode two of that season. um, they're basically having a – yeah, it is episode two because she comes back to Sunnydale and they sort of have like a birthday party slash welcome back party. Mm-hmm. But they're all like really mad at her because she bailed and they had to take over the slaying and they don't have power. So um they're all kind of mad at her and um basically – the party gets interrupted by zombies and so her mom oh, cool. is like helping fight and it's like the funniest slash cutest thing ever <laughs> and uh they they sort of like team up mom and daughter like team up trying to kill the zombies and stuff and it's like it's really awesome i love it but um yeah i love when her mom finds out it makes the series so much more you're like ah oh, i have a weight off my shoulder now her mom knows and right she can let her out of the house and know she's gonna be okay and all well, it,
0: it changes it changes the the dynamic of the relationship obviously yeah. and and also of, of the show in in general. I think about something like Spider-Man mm-hmm. where Peter through throughout the entire history of the comic if almost 50 years of stories Peter is still hiding the fact that he's Spider-Man from his Aunt May, mm-hmm. who's basically his mom, right? right? Yeah and so there there's always it it does kind of get old in a way when you whenever you have a whenever you have a secret
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you're trying to keep you spend years trying to keep that secret from from someone in in the fictional world sometimes that kind of gets old unless there's new fresh ways to right to keep that secret. So I really kind of admire the the writers of Buffy for having the gumption to not key, string that along. I know, it's awesome. Forever.
1: And it's it's so cool cuz then her mom's like becomes like a mother about it. You know, like, mm-hmm. oh, my daughter's a slayer. Well, you vampire, get out of her face! You know, like God, be, she's just gonna kill you. You know, like mm-hmm. she gets, she becomes like motherly about her being the Slayer, and it's mm-hmm. it's awesome. I love it.
0: Yeah. The other the other dynamic that I thought was was kind of uh, kind of ballsy is is the whole Buffy Angel relationship. Yeah. You know, because there would be I. This is terrible and a total <clears throat> disservice to to Buffy. So I apologize for even trying to draw this comparison, but in a in a way I think of I can't help but think of Twilight. Yeah. With Sparkles, well, now, yeah. with Sparkles and Emo Check, whatever their yeah. names are. Well, now you think of that. Right, right. And that whole that whole arc is
1: I want to be with you.
0: You can't have me. Right. I, I want to be with I you. Know. You can't have me. So to have them hook up pretty early in the series it's kind of like okay well that's different yeah. and and refreshing now i don't i don't know that i really like I hate the buffy angel I hate relationship mm-hmm. in fact i i don't like it yeah thank i can you. just say i don't thank like you. it thank you i
1: hate angel i'm just going to make a bumper sticker out of it i hate angel he's no good for her i hate him first of all i don't think he's cute he sucks and second of all <laughs> he's really bad for her and he's always like doing it anyway and it really ticks me off yeah um i don't know uh i i don't like him he's not good for her and i also don't like that she's like so obsessed with him it just except um i'm surprised you haven't asked me this yet um and that is uh you know how in uh faith hope and trick giles is trying to figure out that spell and he's like tell me the circumstances of uh how you killed Angel. And she kind of seems like standoffish about it. Yeah. Did you find out why she's standoffish? I can't remember if you found out.
0: Well, there's a dream flashback. Mm-hmm. Shockingly, I've resisted looking on Wikipedia for every little thing okay. So it didn't reveal, about the show. it
1: didn't reveal why she's um, feeling emotional about it. No. The reason why, and I was wondering if you were going to ask, is because... Or if
0: it did, I didn't catch you it. You didn't catch
1: it. Yeah. She killed Angel... Um. After he, Willow basically was attempting a spell to turn Angel, give him back his soul and turn him back into good Angel. Um, And uh, she attempts the spell while they're in the middle of the battle it's like the timing is like super it's like really crazy and um chaotic and you mm-hmm. don't know if she's going to make it or not and and Buffy has to kill Angel so that before Akathala awakens so that he can be sucked in and then like save the world because if Akathala wakes wakes up and creates this whole thing the whole world will end you know so the whole goal is get uh, don't let Akathala uh open up and try to save Angel and make him good again, well, it turns out the Catholic does open and awaken, so now the only option is to put angel in there so that he can die, and the world can be saved right um are you following
0: me? is that why he like falls out of the ceiling from like some hole mm-hmm. naked yeah, because with he but
1: he was yeah whatever I'm stupid crap he um he she had to put him in back into um That universe to sort of close Mm -hmm. off the portal. Portal, yeah, gotcha. Um, Well, her only option is to put him in there, but simultaneously Willow is attempting to to save Angel's soul. So what happens is a cathula opens. Now her only option is to throw Angel in there to save the world. Mm -hmm. But then Angel becomes good. Like Willow's spell works. So now Buffy, I'm
0: good, and you're being pushed back into the portal.
1: Now Buffy has to kill good Angel to save (sighs) the world. So, so that's why she's so emotionally deep. like distraught because Angel's good for a second, and they like kiss, and then she stabs him and shoves him in the thing. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Wow, like that's rough. She makes a huge Slayer choice for the good of the world. I and promise, the bad of if her. I can ever
0: turn you good, I yeah. won't immediately kill you. Thank you. You're welcome. You
1: should though, because the world would die
0: if you didn't. Well, it was her choice. And needs it, it of the many, needs of the few, or the one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah
1: it was a really um it was a crazy choice but she doesn't really tell anyone because people would be like oh my god and she doesn't want to have to deal with the emotions behind it mm-hmm. so that's why she's super uh, torn see. up about it okay she killed her boyfriend
0: i really dig that willow becomes a a witch oh do you i do <laughs>
1: no yeah that's good it's cool You're gonna i start love hating willow her.
0: what yeah
1: what sorry
0: oh not yeah. willow she's so nice She is now. She's oh god.
1: She becomes like an addict.
0: A witch addict.
1: Yeah, you are gonna hate it, man. I know. It's all right. She's human too. It's okay. Okay, it's just a pretend show. I know. And here is the thing. Here is the thing. I was actually gonna um bring this up, and I am gonna sort of slowly introduce Star Trek into this because the comparison here. I find that I really like shows when I really like the characters and I feel like I'm experiencing their life with them. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I see their struggles. I see their their successes and and all this stuff. And it makes me connect with them. And that's when I really like the show.
0: That's exactly what's happening with me and Buffy.
1: Right. Star Trek is a little bit um, lacking in the emotion Mm -hmm. for me. I like it a lot. Um, but if you look back on my questions I've asked you before, they're all character related, mm-hmm. and, and I kind of like miss that a little bit because um, I I uh, I like to see uh, characters get really upset and lose their minds a little bit, and mm-hmm. I like to see them you know freak out like a person would in a scary situation. So this is why I really love Buffy because. Even just, if Buffy was only one character, Buffy, from mm-hmm. season one through seven, it would be super entertaining because she goes through so much and, like, you know, her, her she, she develops as a person. By the end of the series, you're like, whoa, who is this adult, like, professional slayer? Mm-hmm. Whoa, you know? Like, all of a sudden, she's this, like, righteous and, hero. And, and it's
0: already a huge difference yeah. just between season one and season three.
1: Right, and I love that. And, um part of it has to do with her making stupid choices, you know? So that's what I love about Buffy. And I hope, I hope you can, uh, maybe cry a little, but, but be glad that these things are happening to your favorite characters. Cause it helps them in the end.
0: Yeah. Sometimes can... it
1: makes for series or seasons that you kind of don't like watching, but
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Especially faith. Well, at least with faith, I never liked her to begin with.
1: Right, so you can just kind of
0: unlike Willow, who I love, and apparently that's she's gonna, gonna be... she's gonna make you sad really? a little. Okay, yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. She, um, yeah, she gets pretty intense.
0: There's a there's a line. Um, Oz is not does not figure very much at all into those three episodes, but there is a line where where they make mention that he has become a werewolf.
1: Yeah, Oz is a werewolf.
0: That's cool. Yeah, it's totally cool. So I need to figure out what the deal is with that and watch. I I gotta watch them all, but
1: it's really funny though. Can I tell you how yeah, he becomes go, a werewolf? Go for it, please. So, um, <laughs> there's this episode, uh, where there's werewolves, you know, whatever, and so Sunnydale has werewolves happening, and then um, Buffy has to try to figure it out, and it turns out that Oz is the werewolf, and he didn't know, and um, basically, you don't ever see him become a werewolf because uh what he does is he calls up i forget like exactly why he has this idea but he calls up his aunt and he's like hey like it's just like a subtle telephone conversation like you almost could miss it and uh he talks to his aunt for a second and is like oh yeah my baby cousin billy or whatever his name is um like he bit me on the hand he wouldn't happen to be a werewolf would he and his and then he's like oh crap like that's (laughs) that's it that's exactly how you find out he's a werewolf he got bit by a kid who was a werewolf and uh it was like non-confrontational just like a kid bit him right just like out of childlike behavior that's great and now he's a werewolf yeah awesome it's really funny um and i love that they did that it wasn't like this epic like you know battle and and oz jumps in the way and it just happens no it just happens yeah Random household yeah. accident, Sunnydale. Sort of. That's what happens when right. you live in Sunnydale. Um, and
0: he's like, "It's always cloudy in Sunnydale." Yeah. yeah, and it's
1: funny because you only hear his end of the phone conversation. You don't hear the other end at all. Mm-hmm. So he's just like, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. I love
0: it. That's great." I think that I think the last big questions I had for you uh, were, and in comment, I suppose, were, what what happens that caused Giles to get fired? Uh huh. So that's a question, and then the related statement is, "I do not like Wesley." <laughs> I know. But they really make him. They they, they look like they could be brothers. I
1: know.
0: Like Wesley could totally be a younger brother to Giles.
1: It's totally awesome. Yeah. Um, I love their like look on the British in this series. It's really funny. Um, P.S. Uh, before I talk about that, did you know that uh, Wesley and Willow in real life are married? they met on the set of Buffy, Alexis. Denzoghan yeah. And yeah. Hannigan. Yeah. 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 That's how they met. So while you're watching, you can be like, Oh, and they have a little baby. A Actually two, two. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so, um, and isn't
0: she getting stalked? Allison Hannigan. What do you mean? In real life? Like there was a, there's like a stalker issue she's dealing with right oh, now. Oh, geez. Yeah. That's terrible. Wow. Well, that's totally awesome. not my fault. People,
1: <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> no. Um, so, okay. So here's what happened. Uh, Buffy and Giles are sort of like becoming almost rogue, but not really, because they realize that the Watchers Council is just a bunch of fuddy-duddy old men who, or and women, um, who um, have these ideals about what the Slayer. They're like all books, you know, and they don't mm-hmm. really know the real life about it, mm-hmm. and um, they're not on Buffy's side enough, and she's always saving their butts, but they always like reprimand her for doing it out of out of. uh out of uh code or whatever you Mm -hmm. know and so she quits the watchers count she's like Mm -hmm. i'm no longer your slayer she's kind of like a slayer but doesn't report to them anymore she's Mm -hmm. like don't ever tell me what to do i'm gonna do my job without you you know and so they fire giles because they think that he is becoming too emotionally attached to her Mm -hmm. and he doesn't um basically like uh train her enough or, you know, bring her back to the rules or whatever. So they they fire him because he is too emotionally attached to Buffy and not seeing what's really important to them, which is um following code of mm-hmm. restrictions and whatever. Okay. So he he gets fired and she quits and they basically are like um, you know, screw you watchers council. We're just going to do our job better than you tell us to. I see. But before she quits is when they get a new watcher um and that's Wesley and Okay, Wesley's actually face watcher, right? Well, I think he mostly he's mostly face watcher.
0: Is he? Yeah, isn't he? Isn't he like her replacement watcher?
1: Yeah, he's like kind of That's both the deal, their watchers. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but she just doesn't really listen to him because mm-hmm. she's kind of like close to quitting, and you mm-hmm.
0: know, he's a total sellout, anyways. Because mm-hmm. they got captured and brought before mm-hmm. Balthazar, and he's like, "Oh, I'll tell you whatever you want to know." Yeah, and- he's a wimp. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But if you watch, um, as much as I dislike the series Angel, which is actually starting it starts after this season. Mm-hmm. At the end of this season, um, Angel leaves and goes to LA and basically starts his spin off series. Okay, good. Um, yeah, get him out of yeah, there. Get him out, yeah. So he doesn't really show up very much. Yeah. I mean, he comes every once in a while, but um Wesley is actually in that series and hmm. he becomes a badass. Excuse me.
0: Mm-hmm. He becomes awesome. I liked the scene where he meets Cordelia. Yeah. That's good.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Their whole arc is hilarious. It is so funny. It builds up and builds up. And then you're like, oh, that's it. It's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, you won't watch it, I don't think, because it only goes through season three. Yeah. So do you want me to tell you how their arc? Yeah, it's on It's really me. funny. Yeah. They're always like googly eyes at each other for a long time and Mm -hmm. and uh finally like towards the end of the season they finally kiss and it's like the worst sloppiest disgustingest thing (laughs) they've ever and they're both like uh never mind so every kiss
0: i've ever had in real life basically (laughs) (laughs) that's great it's really (laughs) hilarious
1: Uh, so yeah um the what do you think about the mayor
0: oh i love the mayor yeah he's funny yeah he's He's evil uh-huh. but also so nonchalant
1: he's like so I, dirty <laughs> oh yeah he's yeah. he's creepy yeah. and
0: and scummy and but
1: manipulative
0: uh, yeah, but it's funny too, because uh, there's the one scene where it's it's him, Mr. Trick, and his assistant, and they, they make some mention to comic strips and newspapers mm-hmm. and uh I love the line where where his assistant is like, "Oh, I like to read Kathy." <laughs> <laughs> and the mayor and Mister Trick just yeah. look at him like, really, really, <laughs> seriously, awesome. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I love the mayor. I can't wait to see what well, happens. I, I you got to watch. Obviously, yeah, it's not he's, gonna be part of your assignment. Yeah. But, um, well, I'll I'll get there. Yeah, you have to do it. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. So overall, Groovy. kind of disturbing to you, but
0: D- disturbing, but in it, but only in the sense that. I am increasingly engaged with the characters. Yeah. And so I continue to feel invested in it, and and, uh, I'm hooked, and I love it, and I can't wait to see more. So what do you have for me episode-wise for next season?
1: Well, um... Season
0: four, it will be.
1: Yes, season four. Um... You need to watch the last three episodes of that season, so you're going to be like totally okay. confused. It's going to be awesome. I'm excited. Um, so you basically are skipping over the entire season and just watching the end of it. Okay. Um, straight to the boss fight.
0: Huh? Yeah. Yep. Cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes that's, that's fine. I do. mean, that's it's
0: yeah. where the big stuff happens.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you're going to be watching the Yoko Factor. Okay. And like Yoko Ono, which is. Awesome. It involves Spike a lot. Spike is pretty prominent in this season. Um, Primeval and Restless.
0: Okay. Done.
1: So those are the three episodes at the end of the season that you have to watch. Enjoy them. Groovy. I think I'm sure will. I
0: will. Excellent. So let's talk about this Star Trek thing. Yeah. Um, you, you've you touched on something that I I actually feared would come up. Well, maybe not feared is the right word, but I suspected right. would come up, because when we first started talking about Next Gen, I, I noticed immediately that you were all about the characters. Right. It, it That was especially apparent to me because of your fondness for Tasha. Mm-hmm. Because she was, she is the most conflicted sort of rich character mm-hmm. of all of them, mm-hmm. in, in a lot of ways. Here's Here's the thing with with Star Trek, is it, particularly the original series and the next generation. the whole the whole mythology behind star trek is is such that it, we talked about it a couple couple of weeks ago. you have Starfleet and the Federation, and they've overcome all of their problems and they are now explorers and, and all of this sort of thing. And and what that does is intentionally homogenizes the emotions of the characters mm-hmm. and puts puts the focus on how they resolve external conflicts and how they work together to resolve external conflicts rather than spending a lot of time dealing with inter uh, their own problems right. and interpersonal relationship problems. So there's right. there's not very much of that at all in the next generation. Y- you never see Worf and Commander Riker get into a fight.
1: Right. And, and you never see them. You almost never see them react to a lot of stuff like um, I, I think what you're basically saying is, uh, you know, the plot line is that they are uh, they're basically soldiers and they act like like soldiers. They don't have um, overly emotional reactions. They just take everything as their job, you know, and they just do what they need to do to fix the problem.
0: It's interesting to me that you you label them as soldiers. I know,
1: because they're on peace missions and right. they're not really at war, but, but they do act like a unit. They don't act right. like individuals. Um and they are a crew that, you know, works in the same sort of way that a platoon would work. Right. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's all kind of coming towards the, the, the common good sort right. of thing. Another way to look at it that I think uh, again, because some people are really anti the idea that Starfleet is military or whatever. They would say, "Well, it, they're a group of scientists working together." But yeah, but the you, United
1: Federation of Planets yeah. sounds a little bit more like a military. So, yeah, than, I,
0: I like this. Yeah. this angle that you're coming from. With yeah, because I think it holds a lot of it has a lot of truth to it. Right. So mega mega points for Megan.
1: Thank you, mega or, mega uh, points
0: for drawing that that comparison. So th- there is that, and and like in our first discussion episode i i even then i i was thinking like i hope you don't get bummed by the fact that there isn't really that conflict Mm-mm. that happens having said that though there is some there is and and we will see I'm I'm actually already thinking ahead to to what episodes I want to introduce you to. And I'm I'm purposefully going to be recommending episodes that I think help show character development. Cool. Because I want you to see that they're even even though they don't really have much in the way of personal problems, there are arcs and are developments, right that that happen. And uh, while while I'm thinking of it, if if anyone you or or anyone out there is is interested in Star Trek that has more of the personal relationship conflict type stuff, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, which is the next spin-off series after next generation they ran parallel for a season or two um, that has that has more tension in it because there are uh, starfleet officers who are in charge of a space station that is not a federation space station it's own, it's run it's owned by the bajorans who are this race who are not federation members. Uh-huh. So there's some tension there. And in Star Trek Voyager, the next series after that, the the crew is is manned partially by people who were in a group called the Maquis,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is a, is a rebellion organization. In fact, the first the first officer And the chief engineer of Voyager were Maquis members, former, former Starfleet. Right. And so there's kind of conflict there with, well, I know you're the captain, Captain Janeway, but you're all virtuous Starfleet and blah, 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 but screw you, I'm Maquis, and we don't really want to do it your way. So you can get more of that. And even in Enterprise, which was... A prequel series, but uh, in terms of when it aired, is the most recent series. There's even more of that. Uh, so again, I, I mentioned those. So if if you really crave that in your Star Trek, you're going to find it much more than than in original series or or next gen. But yeah,
1: because I mean, well, what I think what I think it is is a it's almost like you know a time thing where when it was made, it was more like the weekly episode it wasn't you know right. it's not as uh over
0: it's not serialized right yeah
1: and i think even more so now tv shows are becoming more that way they're almost like long movies yeah you know and, and oh, uh, totally. it wasn't like that yeah. in the 80s and and
0: yeah earlier so yeah that's very perceptive it, perceptive that's that's a big part of it and i think also just roddenberry's vision of perfect people perfect society let's see what else is out there right so, but let's talk. Let's talk about the the shows you watch. So you saw okay. yesterday's Enterprise, right? And best of both worlds, parts one and two,
1: right? Um, well, I mean, for, let's talk about yesterday's Enterprise because it's kind of standalone. Um, excuse me. Uh, so, ah, uh, thank you. Thanks for making me watch that. You're welcome. Because I love Tasha Yar so much, and it really helped me love her even more. I kind of want to marry her a little bit. Um, No, she's awesome. And uh, I really, really, really loved. Because when it first started, it was like, I mean, like, what's the point of her really being here? Kind of like they just wanted an excuse to bring her back. Mm-hmm. But then as the episode kept going, I was like, oh, holy crap, she's making up for her crappy death. This is awesome. Exactly. Ah, exactly. And I still haven't even seen her like death yet. But you, the way you described it and the way it's described in the episode, uh, yesterday's Enterprise, is that it's a senseless death. And it doesn't really have much meaning to it. And right. that really made me sad. And um, the fact that she makes up for it in this episode is amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. and makes
1: me so happy. So um I was really excited and I just was like I wanted to thank you for making me watch that episode cuz made me really happy.
0: You're quite welcome. Yeah. Truth be told I probably would have recommended that episode to anyone regardless of circumstances just because it is such a good episode within the series. Right. But I think it really did hit right in the wheelhouse of what has attracted you. Yeah. To Star Trek at, at this point. So, it, obviously, it, it is the greatest Tasha mm-hmm. episode I mean, there is. So I mean, great, it, It's a great Guinan episode, she, Oh, too. yeah.
1: I want to talk more about Guinan. Yeah. But, um, no, I mean, do you ever think about how people felt? I mean, were you watching this?
0: When was this? 80? I mean, that would have been like 89, 90. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, I don't know. I, I just picture, like being watching it like as it was going live Mm -hmm. and that week being like oh my god this episode this week was so good like holy crap the alternate universe and just thinking about the way that people were reacting as it was going i just i like to think about that sometimes
0: yeah people people were flipping out over that episode yeah yeah for sure
1: um so okay i have some questions about it um I don't really understand the Klingons very much because I haven't really seen any sort of background on them. And this uh, whole episode yeah. talked about um, how, okay, the Enterprise-C was in the midst of a battle uh, protecting the Klingon planet, right? Right. From the Romulans.
0: Or at least one of one of their outposts. Okay, yeah.
1: and... Um, They were attacked by the Romulans and um, are meant to die. And that's how it was described so that the Klingons would sort of like appreciate the sacrifice and sort of, I think that was what spawned the Klingons to be more uh, cooperative with man.
0: That's exactly right. Okay, so
1: this is what I was kind of confused about. The Enterprise C, or the Enterprise D, that has always been Picard's Enterprise, right? Yes. Okay, for some reason I thought that I was confused when they went back and I was like wait weren't they the enterprise C but okay so they're enterprise D. Um so tell me about the Klingons. Then and how how are they um I don't know I just want to know more about them. I don't understand their history. Sure.
0: Well, it, the Klingons go all the way back to the original series. And it's not not really germane to the conversation too much, but in the original series, they didn't have the the forehead ridges and stuff oh, really? like that. They basically just had sort of brown makeup and oh. weird eyebrows that sort of thing
1: I like the uh, forehead
0: yeah the forehead is <laughs> is where it's at but they <laughs> pretty into foreheads. I'm not gonna lie <laughs> rule thirty four that people. I'm sorry,
1: I keep clipping on the audio you know about rule thirty four
0: that's all right. We 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 bumped up our gain a little bit today, and maybe a little bit too much. Should but, I turn
1: it down more? I think uh, I'm going to.
0: You can if you want. I'll I'll vamp while you do that. Okay. I'll tell you about the Klingons. So they go all the way back to the original series, and they they were an enemy of the Federation. Not at by that point in the original series, it wasn't all out war, but they they were not buddies. By any means, there there was something called the neutral zone, which there's also a a Federation Romulan neutral zone as well. So it was a situation where they just didn't it was with each other. You yeah, you stay out of my turf. We'll stay out of your turf. But then there would conflict would arise because there would be contested areas of the neutral zone.
1: Okay, they were fighting over land basically.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. In the original series movies, okay mm-hmm. so Star Trek Six
1: prior to uh, next generation or well, simultaneous with next generation in yeah. this
0: in this case concurrent with with next gen Star Trek Six: the undiscovered country that whole movie is about one of the a natural disaster occurs on one of the Klingon moons, Praxis. And Praxis, Praxis is one of their dilithium mining colonies. Dilithium dilithium crystals are these crystals that power warp drives. Aha. So if you don't like have dilithium... Yeah. Back to the Future. Exactly. In there the we go. Flux capacitor. Okay, yep. got it. So without dilithium, you're screwed as a spacefaring species.
1: Right. And who had the dilithium?
0: The the Klingons had this dilithium mine on a moon. And it exploded because of you know, they didn't follow Osha laws or something. So they're
1: like So, <laughs> so they're like they're like the Libyans in Back to the Future. Well,
0: <laughs> they're more like the Russians. Okay, so okay. but okay. not in the back to the future. Right. Yeah,
1: we're ditching the back to the future analogy.
0: Okay. okay. <laughs> I, I wish we could continue it. It's but fine. It's fine. It doesn't doesn't quite fit. Um, so the in that movie, the leader of the Klingons has the foresight to realize that this continued cold war between the Federation and the Klingons is not sustainable. Right. They've got to start getting along. So that's where the overtures of peace and more cooperation between the Klingons and, and the Federation begins Is in, is in that film. Mm-hmm. And what we see is, if you fast forward 75 years or so into the next generation, Worf has become the first Klingon, but also at that point the only Klingon. To serve in the Federation, and and part of part of that is or st- to serve in Starfleet, I should say. Um, part of that is because Worf is actually adopted, so he has human gotcha. adopted parents. He kind of gets brought up in a culture that then enables him to become. So he's like he's a member like the of Starfleet. Well, he's a liaison, but he's also an outcast. Right. And the well, other Klingons well, do not approve of him. Right. So he being he's like Fleet.
1: he's like the the guy that has personal connections with both both sides and uh is trying to find his place. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, he's
0: always really conflicted between Right. between these things. And so again, by the time we we get to the next gen era the klingons and and the federation are getting along pretty pretty well all things all things considered but there was this period of time where between the events of star trek 6 and the events of modern day next generation where there was a lot of work to be done in cultivating that relationship and just as you said the the event that seals the deal so to speak is the enterprise c commanded by captain rachel garrett helps defend a klingon outpost right. against romulan attack
1: and like they said in the episode they said klingons um perceive sacrifice in in war to be one of the most it was an honorable death yeah. yeah yeah so
0: and so the klingons were were into it and that helped cement the relationship. Right. And so what happens is is in yesterday's enterprise if <laughs> if the enterprise C is not destroyed in that battle then the klingons are going to be like, well, screw you you federation cowards. Right. And that's why in that sort of the alternate universe they're at war, thing and thing happens, not, and they're at war,
1: right? And they are a ship uh, of sol- of soldiers at that point. Yeah, big time. Yeah, big time. Right? Yeah. So that's cool. I was just a little bit. I was wondering if there was any sort of. Uh, I mean, that's all described in the movies, I guess. Yeah. And, so
0: it's given me twenty. It's taken me twenty minutes to say yes. You're right. I know. <laughs> I asked for the history. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Okay.
1: Um, no, that's that's good. Um, okay. Well. That that's basically I mean what I had to say about that that episode. I think okay. it was really awesome. I really loved um that they redeemed Tasha Yar's
0: mm-hmm. death a little bit and um You wanted to say something about Guinan though.
1: Oh, um well that also goes into Best of Both Worlds too. She mm. talked about um that that that'll be my transition point because there's a point in Best of Both Worlds where her and uh at that point Captain Riker were um discussing uh how Picard was basically lost and um, she basically was like, do you know how we knew each other and Captain Riker said no and she said oh well we don't we do know each other very well right. but she didn't describe it so I want to know how they know each other
0: that that is actually covered in a later episode and I don't know that with all of the other great episodes to recommend that I'll actually be able to even recommend that one for you to see. But there's there's a time travel element that takes place in one of the episodes, to where uh, Picard is is transported into the past, and Guinan is there. Okay, and that's they they meet in the past, like three hundred years ago or something. Is she like an adult closed. at
1: that point? Like yes, yeah. Is she like a n-
0: guyanin is not human,
1: right? I know. So she yeah. must be. She lives for a really long time. Yeah, she's
0: many she's, hundreds of years yeah. old. Okay, and has lived lifetimes of gotcha. experience. Okay, cool. Yeah.
1: Um. So best of both worlds. Um. That was uh, very um epic and. I, I really, really liked that those two episodes. They were mm-hmm. part one and part two. Um, and it did sort of satisfy my urge for character development a little bit. Um, and uh, I also was able to understand the reference that Xander made in Buffy about right. Locutus of Borg and resistance is futile, which Darth Vader says too. And I don't know. It's kind of like... He
0: never says resistance is futile. Darth Vader says "Wait, it is useless to resist. Yeah.
1: No, no, no. He says... Um, uh no, he says something else with futile in it. I'm trying to think. Maybe I don't know. Mm. I'm just misquoting, I guess. Oh, bad. you are misquoting.
0: He never says futile. Right, yeah, I'm wrong. Darth Vader never um, says futile. That's fine. okay. You're whatever. not. you whatever. I'm not a novice about Star novice. Wars. Jerk. Yeah, we'll okay. find out. We'll find out one of these days. Mm, whatever. Yeah. Okay,
1: so um, when I was watching these episodes, I really started hating myself a little bit because I'm mad that I never watched this show. I just I was like, what is wrong really? with you, Megan? What is wrong? With I applaud you? your self loathing. Yeah, I was loathing. Really, a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um so um I wanna know the Borg are like first of all, it is not very aerodynamic to have a cube shaped ship. Come on. Totally
0: not. Borg. Totally How not. How
1: are you able to go so fast when you have a cube? That is not cool. Although there is no air in space, so maybe that doesn't make a difference.
0: Yeah, aerodynamics don't matter actually. Yeah, that's true. But it doesn't look as... It, it looks lame. It looks
1: like you're it just like dragging a, a block. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what the heck? It's like how I drive a Scion in uh, space. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Stupid <laughs> crap. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So, yeah, it is totally or an element. Yeah. Um. Has the crew encountered the Borg since Q-Who? Is this like a... Is this like Mm. a a long gap? of? No, they haven't. I'm just wondering because... um, Okay, so Q-Who is like sort of the introduction to the Borg. We find out they destroyed Guinan's people. Um, Well, they all were scattered across the universe. Um, And they're bad, 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 Mm bad. Okay, cool. We figured that out in Q-Who. And then in Best of Both Worlds, it's like... They're super, super bad, and we have experts on them, and they're like, these all these things. But we never really, like, understand. We don't really, like, get it from their perspective because we're never really shown them doing really bad things. Does that make sense? Like, I, I was like, okay, the Borg are bad, but I don't really get how bad they are because I've never seen them, like, kill a whole race of people or whatever. It's all talk.
0: Right, you know, so I was well, just curious
1: to see if if they had actually encountered them any more times between Q who and these episodes to sort of further develop the Borg
0: as bad, bad, bad. Here's that's a good a good point and a and a good question and and here's the thing, the Borg are not the mustache twirling. <laughs> well no, but like they're villains, they're almost obviously. like the
1: ultimate villain because they have no uh, s- they, compassion. they are they
0: are a, they were completely amoral.
1: Right. Yeah, they have nothing. They have only drive to succeed in their mission which turns out is a very bad mission. Right. Um so right, so I guess they're I don't know. There's not much to really tell other than that.
0: There 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 isn't, but but that's in in a way, that's sort of the beauty of of the Borg is is it's not the typical, it's it's a villain that is not in any way the typical villain. They're they're on a mission which is to become better, and they think that the way to become better is to take anything and everything and adapt it and modify it to be part of them.
1: <laughs> oh my god, dude, you're. Season four of Buffy, same mm. type of villain. Wow. Adam, same type. It's going to be totally like, oh my God, we're totally relating to each other right now. Sweet. Because when you watch that, you're going to be like, holy crap, the Borg, basically. Because Adam is like this uh, a combination of every, like lots of demons put together into one sort of cyborg mm-hmm. demon um, so it's kind of like very Ooh. similar. And he has the same, he's like a very mission based bad guy hmm. and um, almost undefeatable and, you know, mm-hmm. same type of thing. So it's going to be awesome. Going to be quite the cool comparison. Excellent. But anyway, yeah. Um, yeah so, um, okay. We're kind of talking a lot, but I, I was just going to say that um, in this episode, First of all, Picard is awesome. And um, I just think that the one thing that really kind of bummed me out, which I've said before, but specifically to this episode, Captain Picard gets stolen and everyone just kind of stands there. No one's like, oh, my God. Like, no one freaks out. Mm
0: -hmm. Everyone's just
1: standing there being like, well, what do we do now? I, Mm. I, I want more reaction. I want more like freak outage.
0: Freak outage. I, just, I think I, I, I think that speaks to to their nature as rational, collected. Yeah. To an extent, unemotional. I mean, they they are upset and they grieve. I know, and you know the they're, fact that he's you know been they're connected, kidnapped, and, yeah, and and everything. But yeah, I can I can see where you're coming from. There should have been the more like a, oh my god, you killed Kenny. Yeah, like a type panic moment. moment. Yeah.
1: There's none. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It almost makes me... It, it just makes me, like, um, crave a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But, but I don't know. I guess they're just very focused.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I think I think you're right. I mean, it's just a flaw in the yeah. the writing. It's just
1: the style of the time, I think, too. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like, you know... Every, well, and going along with that, I mean, a lot of their episodes that are a little bit more epic, like... Ninety percent or ninety-five percent of the episode is like, um, is like, how are we gonna f- fix this? How are we gonna beat them? How are we gonna whatever? And then at the end, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, we'll do that. Done, and it's just like this quick resolve at right. the very end of the episode, and everything's fine again. Yeah, it doesn't. It. it I don't know. It. The the arc of the story is very. Um, it it takes forever, and then all of a sudden it's done. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's different than Buffy. Right.
0: But yeah. Yeah, you're you're right though. I mean the the conflict and the conflict of the week in Star Trek is always resolved in the last act.
1: The last like two minutes. Right. Yeah. I mean, not the even last 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 act, the last part of the last. Yeah. yeah. So, oh well. Yeah. I I still really like it. I'm still really enjoying it. I've been watching. I've been watching episodes in season one mm-hmm. to fill in to watch. You know, I want to watch through the whole thing, so mm-hmm. I've been doing that. So. Okay. I enjoy it a lot. Okay. It's just very different than what I normally would choose. I
0: think. Yeah. Yeah. Star Trek is very much its own genre. Mm-hmm. It really it really really is. I'm glad you liked best of both worlds. It's it's the biggest action two-parter I mean, it's that intense. they did in yeah. the whole series. And it's intense and just think like you were saying before about imagine watching that back when it first aired. Right. That was the season cliffhanger. I know. Like that's Can a you whole imagine summer of
1: being like Captain Q's Picard before, gets snapped nah. and you're like what no. Yeah.
0: Yeah, oh, sorry. It's I, forget, I fr- forgot about the Why I wasn't singing. I wasn't singing. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. Anyway, so we need to stop and we need to talk about our um, new idea.
0: But I got to tell you uh, tell you what episodes to watch. Oh, yes. So, before yeah. we do that.
1: Okay. What episodes should I so, watch?
0: One I definitely Ooh, That was want... a
1: good melody. Okay, go ahead.
0: <laughs> and I talked over it. Shame on me.
1: No. What episodes should I watch? That was what I did. Thank you. Pretty Beautiful.
0: Cool. Yeah. Got to auto-tune that. Yeah. And, uh. Do the Melodyne uh, (laughs) harmony stuff. Not that it doesn't need pitch correction. It just needs the harmonization. Okay. Okay, so you like Data. Yes. Oh, I love Data. Okay, good. An episode that I need to have you watch is called Brothers. Mm -hmm. Okay? I mentioned that Lore, his twin brother. Right, I haven't seen him. Yes, so you're going to see him in this episode. And so you got to check that one out. You're also going to see... Picard continuing to deal with the emotional side effects of having been transformed. Ooh, into yeah, Laputus. because you could
1: see the end of the episode. It haunts it he, haunts him. Yeah, he was having a yeah. little moment in yeah. his head, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: totally. Now, for for other for a second episode, there's a lot of a lot of good ones here. I think the one that I'm going to recommend it's not necessarily a great, great episode, mm-hmm. but it introduces a fun character, Lieutenant Barkley.
1: Okay.
0: Actually, I don't think this is – this wouldn't be his first episode, but it's one of the episodes in which he's featured. Right. It's called The Nth Degree.
1: Okay.
0: And I think this will also speak well to uh, – if you're looking for characters, people who aren't perfect in – in the Star Trek universe, Barclay is far from perfect. Sweet. Uh, I don't want to say too much about him right now. Yeah. But uh yeah, check out those two episodes and I think you'll I think you'll dig those. Sweet. And you will you really love season 5 after this. So season 4 is very solid. Actually, what I would say to in general to folks out there Season 1 and 2 of Next Gen are, by and large, considered to be just the, the weakest warming-up episodes. Right. It really starts cooking in Season 3. Sweet. So you've, you've seen a taste of that right. with, with Yesterday's Enterprise and, and best, best of Both Worlds. And it, even, it gets even better from, from here. So awesome. those are the two episodes, and we have to talk about our new idea. Yeah,
1: here's our new idea. Okay. Okay. Uh, Nerd Novice Book Club.
0: Right. Reading books.
1: Yeah. No Bible. Uh, yeah, we're gonna read books. So our next uh Slowly. Yeah. Slowly. It it'll be a uh first week of the month type thing. And we're gonna start by reading a book we both have never read, um, but probably should read, and that is uh The Game of Thrones, the very first book in the series by George Double R. Martin and uh Railroad <laughs> Martin <yeah.
0: laughs>
1: and uh <laughs> So we're going to start by reading that. So if you would like to participate, you should probably read along with us, and you should probably start now because we are going to – we're announcing it now, but we are going to start talking about it on March 6th, which is the – or March 7th, sorry, when our episode is um Yeah, when it published. Yeah. Um, It'll publish on the 7th. It'll publish on the 7th. Yeah. So um, we're going to talk about it then. So you only have two weeks to read roughly 200 pages. So what we're doing here, this book is a little bit – oddly organized the chapters are not numbered they're named after characters some of them repeat so what i'm going to say is read up until the chapter called bran which in my print edition starts on page 200 um basically the should i the last sentence of the last chapter you're supposed to read yeah read up to the sentence it was her 14th name day
0: (sighs) whoa sounds sexy (laughs) I don't know what that means yeah.
1: but sounds pretty cool to me. So, um we're going to read Game of Thrones or A yes. Game of Thrones. So you should probably read along with us cuz we're excited. Even though this is going to make me have to work a lot. Dang.
0: This is harder than this watching is like a TV show.
1: A job.
0: Yeah. And I'm not I'll be the first to admit I'm not much of a reader these days. I know. It's going to be we're going to I hope yeah. we don't But slide. this is good. We have to we have to improve ourselves yeah. uh by by going through this process and I, it'll be fun. I mean, this is everybody and their brother who's read this series. Mm-hmm. And my brother has read it. Loves it. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear the endorsement. That's yeah. excellent. Um it is obviously we obviously very well liked. I've not read it. I haven't seen the show. Me neither. I'm just nothing. So, zero knowledge. Yeah, so we need to we need to unnovisfy <laughs> novisify. A novice fi, novice fi, a novice fi, a novice fi. I like on on a novice, a novice fi, a
1: novice. Are there two ends?
0: There would be two ends. Okay, curious. Okay, well, so we need to do that. And to be clear, that's that's just going to be the first first show of the month for however long it takes to get through the book, right? So we're not going to be ignoring Buffy or Star Trek or other future shows. It'll just be first first episode of the month is going to be book club
1: month. Yeah, it'll be like a little, uh, just a little random fun thing. Yeah. To sort of change it up a bit. That takes so Price much time.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. The words are so big and long. Yeah. It's okay. I got to get the audiobook version.
1: Yeah, we can maybe trade off chapters and like really cheap yeah. kind of. Maybe I could read. No. Well, we should. No, well, we should. I'll just read the do odd it. ones. You read I mean, the even ones. We're
0: adults. We can read a book.
1: <sighs> Books. Oh, you on the Gollum. That's That's how you start your Gollum voice. Exactly. You do like the, ha, no, 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 whatever. You do that, and then you add raspiness to it. <laughs> that's not right. That's, that's Cartman. Sounds like, yeah, man, man, <laughs> man, <my> precious <laughs> Oh God,
0: strange. That's oh God. Not that's right. enough of that. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, <laughs> we should stop. We should stop. We should wrap it up. That's it. Follow this us on it. Twitter, uh, at nerdnavis. Um, and uh, our website is nerdnavis Like us on iTunes. Not like. Sorry. Wrong term. If you enjoy the show, here's
0: listen carefully you'll notice Jim has the spirit. how i how i phrase this if you enjoy the show please take the time to leave us a review and a star rating on iTunes if you enjoy the show
1: yeah right so we don't want any bad right. reviews please
0: if you're listening to this and you think it sucks go you can email us and tell us that right and we'll just delete it or we'll talk about actually, it actually we'll read it or yeah, you know on air. with we are open in all seriousness. We are open to constructive feedback. Absolutely. But if you enjoy the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Yes. It is much appreciated. That is the best way that people can find out about the show. The other way, that's even better, arguably, is if you like the show, tell a friend. Right. Get them hooked. Yeah. Unnovisfy. Yeah. <laughs> Un-novice-fy them. Yes.
1: Yeah. Okay, so um, not only follow us on Twitter, but also tweet us, because we would like to hear from you.
0: Yes, please do. We're
1: hearing friends tell us what to do, but we want to see it publicly on the internet. So We want to hear from strangers. Yeah, we want to hear from with weirdos. With candy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All on right. That note, yeah, we should probably stop. Um, on that note, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.
0: Toodaloo.